0: I said, Marsha, tell Marie I'm not going. <laughs> but, you know, thank God I went. Yes. You know, um, because him and his brother were touched today. right? And we were touched by it. And, you know, when we finished praying, he said, I got goosebumps. And it's not from the cold air. You know, so, yeah, so, you know, we don't know. We, we have to be obedient to when God is speaking to our hearts. We have to be in the right place in the right time. God knows. And, you know, and, and, and the miracle in this was this, that, uh, you know, for that being a small company and to have the job that they were given, that's a blessing in favor of God because they were just a small company here. They're right there, got that whole street. You know, that was an only go to big businesses, but God's favor was upon them, you know, so, you know, that, that that's a blessing. Amen. So we're going to continue our thing. Yeah, we started on uh, Mystery of Babylon. You know, and I, and I started talking about last week how God's word is the standard. You know, God always, he gives confirmation with stuff. So, I started talking about um, when, uh, you know, we don't fit the word of God around our lives. We fit our lives around the word of God. And, you know, I went into work the next morning, well, Monday morning. And then I was talking to a lieutenant, and then we started talking about um, God. And, um, you know, he, he's He's seeking. His his wife was saved. His kids are saved, and I you know, and I didn't mention anything to him, but he's got like I think an eight year old son. I know God's got a call in his life. This this young man goes to bed listening to preaching. He goes to sleep on the preaching. You know that's not normal for eight year old. No, you know it may you know maybe praise and worship music, but to go to bed and, and he tells me that his son would be like that person so and so died. But they didn't know Jesus, so they in hell. And he says his son is. He said his son is like basically fire and brimstone, you know. And, and that's it, it, you know it touches my heart for somebody because. And I told him, I said, you know, sometimes we think kids don't know no better, and we have to dumb things down for kids. But no, they do know. Amen. They do know. You know, he as an eight-year-old knows more than most adults mm-hmm. that are going in and out of church. You know, because of what he's standing for. And a and, and and, and matter of fact, and this is what his daughter said, I think his daughter might be 12. They have, uh, I guess his daughter goes to a private school. And I wasn't going to talk about this. It was something else I was going to say. So, but he was talking about his daughter. And um, I guess they could bring in um, people to come in and speak. And she brought her youth pastor in. And then some other ministers come in. And his daughter was like, Dad, what are they doing? They're coming in with lifesavers, talking about this and not talking about the word of God. This is a young person talking like this. Mm. See, and, and most churches would discount someone as young as that. This is why I say, you know, young people know. You know, it's just a matter of, of teaching them. You know, and then, and, um, but I guess I said say this to say it because he uh, started on that because he, he said this out of his mouth. The same thing I said that, you know, so many people in the church today, they're fitting the Bible to what they believe around their life mm. and not fitting their lives you know, according to the Bible. I said, man, I just said that yeah, at, at church. <laughs> yes, yes. And then on Sunday, somebody called me, and uh, he calls me up, and he starts talking to me. He was going through, and then we start talking, and then he starts on asking me questions about Revelation and the mystery of Babylon. <laughs> and if I had been studying this, then I probably wouldn't have been prepared to talk with him. by the time we got off the phone, he said, man, I feel good. I feel a lot better now. See, but, you know, God knows. Yes, we does. don't know, but God knows. That's right. Yes, you does. know, we got to stop trying to figure him out sometimes, you know, <laughs> and, and thinking we're going to miss this, miss that. No, God knows. And, and if we're still walking in obedience, if we veer off, he's going to steer us back. Mm-hmm. He's going to steer us back because he's good. All right. So, what else I talk about? Well, okay. So, um, you know, false religion is always the worst enemy for truth. When I say true religion, I mean Christianity because there isn't but one and that's Christianity. It doesn't matter what anybody else says, what they believe, what the world says. It's, there isn't but one way to God and that is through Jesus Christ. That's right. You know, and, and all throughout the centuries, um, false religion has been prevalent and it's very prevalent today and it's creeping into the churches today. And, um, you know, you'll hear me talk about it a, a lot. You know, um, Churches are conforming to the world in order to try to get people to build the ministry, but not build God's kingdom. And we cannot be like that. It has to be about God's kingdom. It's not about New Life Kingdom Builders, but it's about God's kingdom. It's not about Rasan, not about Phil, but about Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, He didn't say for us to be lifted to lift ourselves up, but that He be lifted up, and He will draw men unto That is our job. We lift. So we're not talking Jesus, we're not talking right. That's right. You know, so Jesus is the head. So real quick, uh, let's turn to Colossians 2, and I'm going to get the revelation again, but just bear with me. Uh, Colossians 2, uh, verse 18 and 19 says this, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So who's the head? Jesus Christ. So because Jesus Christ is the head, he nourishes the rest of the body. So as long as we have Jesus at the top, we can be nourished. See, but if we're not having Jesus at the top and at the front and center, then we're no different than any other religion. That's what separates us. Is Jesus Christ. Exactly. So Jesus Christ has to be the head, has to be the front and center, because no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And the thing about Jesus is he doesn't force us to come. He says freely. right? Freely he comes, but the Antichrist is going to force people to come. That's right. He's going to force people to come, but Jesus, no, he leaves the decision with us. So we have a choice to do it or not to do it. At one time in my life, I chose not to do it, but then I surrendered. And I chose to do it. So Jesus doesn't force himself upon people. But the Antichrist is coming upon a time where he's going to force himself on people. Matter of fact, the scripture says John already says that the Antichrist spirit is already at work. So even at this coming a time where there's going to be total rebellion against God, that spirit is already at work in the world. Amen. So now let's turn to John chapter 10. What does this have to do with the Antichrist? <laughs> so like I said, there is but one way to the Father. That's through Jesus Christ. Amen. So John chapter 10 beginning at verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So the shepherd would always go through the door why? Because the sheep are going to know they're a shepherd. So, in order for someone to go in to try to steal the sheep, they, the sheep, they got to come in through a back way, some other way. And then if they do that, they're a thief and a robber. This is why I don't have to go around trying to convince people from other churches to come here. No. God knows the sheep that are meant for this house. We don't go around, you know, no ministry, no man or woman of God should be doing that. Right, because God would draw his people by his spirit. Amen. Amen. Verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And with, look, so he knows our name. He knows our name. He knew our name from the beginning of the foundation of this work. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So, there is coming an Antichrist. And like I said, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. People are going to follow that voice. People are already following that voice. How do we know the voice of God? Through his word. So, this is why we have to know the word of God. Because there is an Antichrist spirit that is now entering in the churches. See, and that you know the enemy is slick. Now, I think somebody prayed this morning, you know, in reference to, um, I guess I can't remember. I can't remember how to pray prayer was worded, but um, true Christians and false Christians and revealing. You know, we're not always going to know um, when someone's faking, per se, but Jesus knows. Why? Because he's going to say, what the wheat and the tares are going to grow together, That's right? right? And then when he returns. It's going to be a separation. And then what did I teach before? All we got to do is keep giving the word. And then guess what? Those kids they're going to get up and go. Because they don't want to hear the truth. When So we, we have to understand that we can't be deceived by false teaching. And we can't be deceived by the Antichrist spirit because it is prevalent out there in the world. There's, there's so much, I mean, there are so many people that are confused because even just just in, in Christianity alone, we got so many denominations. Well, which one do I believe? Do I believe this one? Do I believe that one? And what did I talked about before, all the denominations are wrong. They're all wrong. Right? Because they, they all have some similarities, but one believes something that the other one doesn't. Right. We're, not going to always, we're not going to know the answers to everything in the Bible at this time. But there will come a time when we will. But we have to know the word and we have to know his voice. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, alright, verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke. So, they didn't understand the things. So, in my Bible app this week, uh, somebody communicated that they were having a tough time when uh, Jesus was talking about eating Uh, of his flesh and drinking of his blood and how some of the disciples walked away. They said, well, Jesus knew that, but why did he do it? In my heart, I know to trust Jesus, but in my head, I was struggling with that. You know, Jesus knows those who are his. See, he's always going to give the truth, and when when you give the truth, those who are not his are not going to want to hear it. See, and and they, they may come, just like the religious leaders, they knew who Christ was, but they chose to reject him. They chose to reject Jesus. And see, you think about it, even with Nicodemus, what did he do? He came at nighttime to Jesus. He came at nighttime. Why didn't he come during the day? Why? Because he didn't want the rest of the religious leaders to see him. All right, so, And Jesus said, matter of fact, let's turn to John chapter 3. Because I don't want to miss it. is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, see, Nicodemus was thinking just like the rest of the Jews, because we are Abraham's seed, we're already born. But Jesus said, no, <laughs> no, you got to be born again. doesn't matter if you're a Jew. doesn't matter if you're a descendant of Abraham. You have to be born again. No one's exempt from that. All right. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? This is what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? So basically, you should know these things. You're supposed to be the expert on who the people are coming to. You should know these things. But yet, you're coming to me and asking me these things. And you're asking them, and you're coming at night time. Why didn't you ask me during the day when everybody else was around? Because I don't want them to know. See, we can't be ashamed of Jesus. That's right. We can't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. But see, <clears throat> we, we marvel at that at the scripture and We look at it, but no, Nicodemus came sneaking at night time when he should have been asking that question during the day in front of the rest of the people. Alright. Where was I? right. so let's go back to John chapter 10. I think I left that person out. I am the door. If anyone... I'll reverse it, just in case. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So, again, the only way for anyone to become born again is through Jesus Christ. Regardless of what the world says, Jesus Christ is the only way, plain and simple. Okay, so Jesus counseled those who belong to him. Let's turn to John 15, verse 19. 19 says this if you were the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Mm. See, when we live according to Christ, the world's going to have an issue with it. See, if I was to go around cheating on my wife, the world would probably be okay with it. They would be okay with it. Mm. <laughs> I know you wouldn't be okay with <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 but I wouldn't cheat on her. <laughs> my relationship with God. See? Because that's where the fear of the Lord comes in. So even if she was to go out there flirting with somebody and say, well, you know, as soon as I get rid of my husband, I'm gonna come be with you. You know. I have to switch it up. I you it up. You know, but her relationship with Christ will keep her from doing that. Amen. But the world will be okay with that. See You know, true story. I was thinking back when I first got saved, and um, I was thinking about this earlier today. I first got saved, and I, I don't know how long I was saved, but I remember talking to a family member, and you know, I was talking about the Lord, saying "Hallelujah" and everything. And then next thing I know, I get a call from my dad, and then he's saying you're getting brainwashed and things like that. Why? Because I'm changed, he didn't know because he's not, he wasn't saved. And I got off the phone with him and I was angry, I was upset, I was crying, I'm like, here I am, I'm changed for the better. And yet you're criticizing and you want me to be like you and be like the rest of the world. See, and he didn't know, but it was a spirit behind that mm. that was an influence, and that was that worldly spirit. Mm. And see, the world has an issue. When we talk about living for Jesus, when we talk about living holy, the world, actually, the church nowadays has an issue with it. Mm. Right? So, even... Now, I haven't watched it in a while, but... uh, Who's the guy you were laughing at? Uh, Gino? Yeah. Gino James. Yeah, Gino James. So, Gino wife. Again, she's still listening to me. (laughs) And I can't remember the last time I listened to him, but... Well, he gets letters, and they were asking him, I don't know if I told you so, but they were asking him, well, how come you're not on TBN? He said, well, you've got to ask TBN then. He said, because we asked to get on TBN. And they said uh, we were too radical. They didn't want yeah, to hear about holiness. They didn't want to hear about holiness. They didn't want to hear about living right for the things of God. Why? Because they want to hear about things like prosperity and things like that. Why? Because that's of the world. And see, you know, when TV and all that came out, we thought it was a good thing, but all they did was mimic the world. And it's, it's not of God. Okay? So we have to be... And even going back to that verse there, it is a dangerous thing when we seek the approval of the world. Even as uh, a man, a woman, of God, and we, we see you know, men of God getting, going up there being interviewed by Oprah, and we know Oprah is not no Christian, she's a new age person, and then they invite her to their conferences. Why? Because it helps them to become popular. No. There's an issue if the world loves us. That, that, that should be a problem. That should be a signal to us. If the world's loving us and inviting us, there's, there's something wrong with that. See, they should be able to say about, the world should be able to say that there's something good about that person. Because they did call Jesus good. They didn't understand everything that Jesus was talking about. But see, Jesus didn't seek glory. But the Antichrist is going to seek glory. That's right. He's going to seek the glory. And see, we don't realize it that, again, that's the Antichrist spirit when we in the church seek those things. When we seek to be in the front of the church pulpit so everybody look at me or I can sing. And we seek to go on TV because probably in the '90s and 2000s, and everybody wanted to get on TV. Matter of fact, they were leaving their churches. The pastors were leaving their churches and being on TVN every week, hosting the shows. So, which one is it? You call to go on TVN, or you call the pastor of your church? Mm. Now, I'm not saying you can't go on there once in a blue moon, but if you're on there every week, that, that's a problem. Mm. Why are you on there every week when you're supposed to be shepherding your sheep? I've joked with somebody at work. I kept asking. I said, How you doing? I said, How's things going with your dad? She said, Why do you keep asking me that? I said, Because I got to take care of my sheep. And we just started laughing. <laughs> because I, 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 I do talk about Christ at work too. So. <laughs> Amen. All right. So I talked about it last week with the mystery. You know, when we hear that word mystery, it's just meaning that something that was concealed in the Old Testament that has now been revealed in the New Testament. And I gave an example of love, and I talked about the church as well, how the Old Testament prophets didn't see the church, and the Gentiles didn't see God in church. So let's turn to uh, Colossians Colossians chapter 1. time with that Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 all right Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 27 the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, now, we as Gentiles, Christ dwells in us. So, we have something that Daniel didn't have, Jeremiah didn't have. You know, remember, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God descended upon man. You know, at specific times, specific seasons, for reasons. But what? In the New Testament, he said, what? I'll be in you a well of living water, yeah. springing up into everlasting life. Right? Amen. So now we have the Holy Spirit, the comforter on the inside. So no matter where we go, God is there. Amen. God is there. So this is why I say, even springing up into uh, the well of living water, that's why I always say, and it's been a while since I said it, that Christians should never be dry. But the enemy will like us to be dry. He would like us to think that we're dry, but we're never dry. You see, it doesn't matter. You know, we're not going to always feel Christ present, but He's on the inside of us. Yes, see, but we have to press our way at times. Uh, see, but the enemy wants us isolated. It. He wants us secluded so He can smother smother us and choke us out because He doesn't like us serving Jesus Christ. Mm. Why? Because He wants that glory. Yes. Right? And this is, again, this is why the Antichrist spirit is at work through man because, uh, you know, he, He's using man... To to deceive people. And really, when we when when these people worship these idols and these false religions, they're really worshiping the devil. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Alright. Now, let's turn to Revelation chapter 17. And we're gonna read this whole chapter, we're not gonna delve into too too much, but we'll give a little, I'm going to give a background today. All right, talk to Phil, I'm going to read half the chapter, and Phil's going to finish up the other half. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> All right, Revelation chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead... A name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. Verse 6. I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Now think about that. John saw a lot. But yet he marveled at what he saw. And see, there is a parallel here, because with Daniel chapter 7, and when Daniel saw the... uh, Antichrist and in a vision, he marveled at it too. Verse 7, But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And, th- and those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Verse 9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And they are seven kings, five have fallen,
1: one is, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. And the beast which was and is not, is himself also an ape, and is one of the seven, And he goes to destruction. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received their kingdom, but they received authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will wage war against the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are the called and the chosen and the faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the, where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman who you saw is the great city which
0: reigns over the kings of the earth. Amen. 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 So, Revelation 17 and 18 actually go hand in hand because both of them are dealing with the mystery of Babylon. Okay, but in 17, it is talking about in reference to basically a false religion. And that's what the Antichrist is going to use to rise to power. And then once he's done, he's going to get rid of it. All right, and then now, 18 deals with more of an economic and uh, uh, commercial and political. So, the mystery of Babylon. Babylon has been around for centuries. Okay? So, what we know about 17 is 17 Revelation 17 occurs somewhere in the middle of the tribulation period. 18 occurs in the latter half of the tribulation period. So the tribulation period is going to be a seven-year period. Okay? So now, chapter 17 is actually tied into chapter 13 because the beast mentioned in Revelation will use religion again to rise to power and then eventually dump her. So, again, the spirit of the Antichrist is at work again and today. So what do we do? Today, in churches, we welcome the politicians in. We welcome them in, and then they'll sit up here and they'll say that they believe in God, they have a relationship with God, but they never say Jesus Christ. They never say Jesus Christ, and then once they're done with their political campaign, they're done with the church. And that's what the Antichrist is going to do. That's, again, the spirit of the Antichrist at work today. And, and see, and, and, you know, and, and we're falling for it even today with the church today. Again, going back to us getting tied into the political movement and us discussing things in the church that's dealing with politics. That is the spirit of the Antichrist because he's going to have people deceived and he's going to use, again, basically the universal church, which is the false church, he's going to ride that. And he's going to, he's going to give, he's going to give, now, so a lot of people say it's the Roman Catholic Church, or even if the pre-tribulation, um, you know, saints are raptured, because there is a lot of Muslims out here, that it'll be, the most, it's going to be bigger than that. It's going to be almost like a whole melting pot. It's going to be a melting pot, because why? The Antichrist is going to give them what they want. If they want money, and stuff like that, that's what, that, They're going to be fine with that. And that's what they're going to gravitate to. That's what the world's going to gravitate to. So even now, with the churches today, and even going back to the 90s, the early 2000s, with the prosperity movement. We even had unsaved people coming into churches because they wanted the what? The money. Mm -hmm. They wanted the money because the preachers kept teaching, oh, Jesus died so you could become rich. Mm -hmm. And see, that is the spirit of the Antichrist already at work. Yep, yep. So they're appealing to their flesh. They're appealing to their flesh. And see, as Christians, we're not led by our flesh. See, and this is why we don't follow the voice of another. Because we don't get caught up in that stuff. Because that, again, appeals to the flesh. But we're led by the Spirit. And it's not our spirit, but it's the Spirit of Christ. Which is why we have to be careful sometimes when we say... Not that we can't say but we have to be careful a lot of times when we say this, that, uh, you know, I'm in my spirit, my spirit is leading me to do this. No, it has to be the spirit of the Lord that's joining right. us to do that. Why? Because we're still human. Mm-hmm. We're still human. Right. Now, the Lord will speak to us where he'll tell us in our spirit, don't go there. Stop talking. Like he's done me. Mm-hmm. All right. Or, you know, And then something's not right. Something's not right about that. So he'll speak to us like that. And and, and that is fine. But we have to be careful because so many people are out there now saying, my spirit is doing it. And and they're they're doing things It doesn't line up with the word of God. And we have to be careful. Remember what I said, the Holy Spirit will never, ever go against the word of God. Never. So anything the Holy Spirit says or does will always be confirmed through the word of God. So when people say things, see, now we're in the habit of this new age of trying to get new revelation. That's why I say, I think it was last week. For some reason, we have Christians that are trying to get more revelation than what Jesus had when he walked the earth. (laughs) If, if, If Jesus didn't do something, if Jesus didn't experience something, what makes you think you're going to experience something? So if you're experiencing that, then it's not from Jesus, it's not from God, but it's probably the devil. And then this is how the church is being deceived. So, we, we, we have to be careful even when we hear churches welcoming in these politicians. So, even, I don't think I, I, think I did say it because I meant to say it. So, going back, my favorite president, Jimmy Carter. All <laughs> oh, because he wrote me a letter. But, when you research it, he did a lot of stuff to, uh, even growing up in the South, he did a lot of stuff to, uh, to end segregation and to give uh, black people rights and things like that. But, here's the important thing. He was a Christian. And then when he goes to run for uh, office the second time, what does the church do? They go for wrong race. Why? He's of the world, he represents the world. Politician, yeah, just like Jimmy Carter, but also an actor. But here you have somebody that was teaching Sunday school, still. And he still to this teaches, as old as he is. He never wavered. Never wavered, but yet they forsake him. Why? Because they'd rather go for the glamour. Mm-hmm. The world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how we get sucked in. So, like I said, you can't find another politician that declared or talked about Jesus Christ in a long time. I actually since him, probably. But yet we're riding the wave and we're getting sucked in by the antichrist spirit. Because, and I, I I tell you what, I'll be glad when this election season is over because I'm getting postcards, stuff left on the door, phone calls. I am tired of it. And then I get the cards where it says, "Vote Christian." Well, if I'm gonna vote Christian, I'm not voting. Hey Hey, man. Because there's nothing Christian about any politician. That's true. Because, like I said, I haven't heard now one. In a long time say, I love Jesus Christ. I represent Jesus Christ. You know why they won't do that? Because they're afraid nobody's gonna vote for them. So they're looking for the votes of the approval of the people. I don't care who it is. So, and I told my wife this the other day. I said, I'm not voting no more. No. I'm not voting no more. And then going back to what I said, you have all these, you know, these ministries before they talk about, oh, it's a mandate as Christians. No, it's not. It's not. No, it is not. Thank you. no it is not Mm -mm, because none of these people are following Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. and they're going to do what the world see and this is where we get caught up and I talked about it before even with the Republicans and Democrats oh they say oh Republicans don't support uh, abortion well when you had a run of Republican presidents and they had all those Republican Supreme Justices none of them stopped it why? Money. money money So they always gonna go with the political party, and see they all in the cahoots with one another. Why? Because it's that antichrist spirit, and we get sucked in, fuck line and sinker. And we have to be careful on that. We have to be careful on that. Now I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm just telling you what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's that's that. that, that because that's going to take up a lot of time. So, again, this system, this uh system that the Antichrist is going to have, like I said, it's going to be a melting pot, which is going to include apostate Christians. Okay? Apostate Christians, Hindus, Muslims, and even Jews. Okay? So, this is why it's dangerous for people to teach that, oh, Jews are under a different covenant. They don't need to be saved. But John Hagee teaches that. See? That's not biblical. And when he has his conferences, because he has his conferences, you know what the deal is? He'll have his conferences with Israel and churches. The deal is you can't discuss salvation. What? Can't nobody discuss salvation of Jesus Christ. That's true. It's so, but yet, he has people believing that the Jews are under a special covenant, so if they die, oh, they're fine. What? No. Jesus was still talking to Israel when he walked the earth. So, where are you getting that from? But yet, people believe that because we don't know no better sometimes. Right? See, the teacher is supposed to teach the right things. And see, don't get me wrong, we have some good teachers out there, but they're teaching the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that. You have to teach the word, regardless of who it offends, because Jesus said, it. He came to offend. Is where it is going to fit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because people don't want to hear about living right. Mm-hmm. People don't want to hear about holiness. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's just like I said about the eight-year-old boy. Nah, he went to hell. He didn't know Jesus Christ. Why everybody? Act- and this is what he said. He said. He said. Why is everybody acting like he went to heaven? <laughs> he didn't know Jesus. <laughs> it's cute, but it's scary. It's cute because the 8 year old saying it. But it, it's scary because it's true and we just overlook it. Mm-hmm. We just overlook it because we just, you know, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. But we can't get caught up in this. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I'll just go over these uh, these symbols mentioned in Revelation and then um, I'll stop right there because I'm going to need time to take it all the way back to Genesis. Uh, and I, I want to take my time with that. Because this uh, spirit of rebellion, this Antichrist idolatry, it all stems from Genesis. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll walk through that. Okay, so, like I said, there are multiple women and symbols mentioned in Revelation, so I'm just give you some examples here <laughs> so we know about Jezebel, right? So, Revelation 2.20 talks about Jezebel, and it's associated with a religious system promoting false teaching. So, you think back to Jezebel. Her husband was who? Ahab. Ahab. Right? So, Ahab was supposed to be a king. That should have been serving God. But he forsook everything to listen to Jezebel. Really, Jezebel was really the king and the queen. Because she made all the decisions. That's right. And what did she do? She, she, you know, she persecuted the true prophets. Killed the true prophets. And let the false prophets rise up. And let them give false words, which was what? Tickling the ears. Mm-hmm. All right? So... That's what that is. It's, it represents, uh, even now that Jezebel's spirit here in Revelation, it represents that false teaching, that false doctrine. Okay, so we have the great harlot that we just read about in Revelation 17, which is false uh, religion. So Jezebel's false teaching, the harlot is false religion, and we'll get into it later on on why it's called the harlot. Okay, and then in Revelation 12, we got the woman that represents Israel. All right, so the dragon represents Satan. The man-child refers to Jesus. The angel, Michael, head of the angelic host. The offspring of the woman represents the Gentiles who come to faith in the tribulation. The beast out of the sea represents the Antichrist. The beast out of the earth represents the false prophet who promotes the Antichrist. So, I talked about last week how in John's day, his Babylon was the Roman government and our day is the world government. So we got to be careful right there. So, I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to go into uh, taking it back yet because that's going to take up too much time. And I don't want to keep your head late. <laughs> but I do want to take my time with that. Um, so I'll get into it. Next. Actually, I won't be getting into it next week. <laughs> so two weeks. Why I can be speaking next week. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's pray.